my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. It is Christmas time. I love Christmas time. I don't know how you feel about Christmas time, but there's always something wonderful to find about it. Yes, I do miss my parents right about now. You might be missing some loved ones. Maybe you've never had a good Christmas, but you can change that this Christmas. Yesterday, I watched three cheesy romantic movies they were delightful (laughs) (laughs) they were so i love them you're hearing shirley laughing in the background my interview i'll i'll introduce her in a minute but i just have to say this i i watch them i don't normally watch television or movies but the ones at christmas time some of them like hallmark or whatever they have such a happy ending and it's so family focused and it's decent. No one's sleeping around with this person. You don't see drama with some thing like that or swearing or it's just, it's good for the soul. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just, and I love romance. Romance is absolutely beautiful. There's a lot of wonderful things to celebrate at Christmas besides the gift giving. My guest today, she is somebody I admire and I've admired for many, many years. She's produced over... 600 television shows, two dozen films. She's worked in Hollywood for major studios. She has made thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars at that time. And then she had a change in her life, which she will talk about. And what's nice is that at that time, she was on her way to become the head of a studio and got an assignment to work for some major studios and people. She's worked with Meryl Streep. Robert De Niro, Goldie Hawn, people like that. And she now has the largest media network on the internet, Christian network on the internet, and has produced thousands of video presentations. And she has a worldwide viewership. And let's welcome Shirley Seeger. Hello, my dearest, dearest friend, Nora. I am so proud of you for this. I love what you're doing with this. Hello, everybody. Shirley is going to share at the beginning of her life, like we always do in all the podcasts, about how she was impacted by money growing up and then take it away, Shirley. Okay. Um, I, and I'm so, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share all of this um, with your viewership, uh, Nora. I, I think it's really important for us to, to hear um, the life stories of each other because it really, it really helps guide some of our own decisions. Um, I grew up in a very influential Christian uh, household and very traditional, very, um, very conservative. And I was taught the value of money. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about the way I was brought up with the money was I, I was never given an allowance. I was just simply, you know, I had to go to my, my father and ask when I needed something. And I never liked going and having to ask because I never liked having to come up with the reasons why. Um, 
it was something that even from the childhood really bothered me. And I, I, I had this inkling in my heart that I, I don't want to do that with my life. I don't want to have to ask anyone. And I know it's terrible, but um, I don't want to have to come up with reasons more than having to ask. I like to ask people, but I didn't want to have to come up with a reason. So I sort of had a, um, a little bit of a fuel going to my heart there that said, I am going to be self-sufficient in my life. Um, so I went off to college. My my two biggest loves in life have always been God, a very, very special relationship with God and media. And I set my sights on doing something with both of them. So something new and innovative and um, to be able to use my creativity, which I'm very right brain creative, um, to glorify the kingdom and help people and um you know, I and then at the time I wanted to make a lot of money because money was what my father respected. So I went about college. I went about the workforce, and then after I got out of college, I I majored in the media and journalism, and I headed straight to Hollywood. And um, I started to learn the ropes in Hollywood. Uh, I climbed the ropes um, very fast, had a lot of favor. And I found, I remember one time I called my father and I said how much money I was making. And he would always go, oh, I'm so proud of you, kid. I'm so proud of you, kid. Almost every year when I had a new raise or a substantial income increase of some kind, um, I would I would tell him how much money I'm making. But then one year, I remember he said, so I told him how much money I was making. He said, so, and it, it sort of stopped me in my tracks. Like, well, what do you mean? So isn't that what pleases you? Isn't that what, mm. what brings me everything I want? I mean, money was a central source of everything and what I owned and who um, I was around, who my friends were. Um, the, um, and it, it sort of, it, it sort of knocked me off my block. So, that always stayed in the back of my mind. So, so, and it was almost my father's way of saying, this isn't who you really are. Uh, he just never said it outright like that, but eventually that's what it led to. Because although I was making all this money and climbing um, into the, on my way up to my goal, which was to work for the likes of Steven Spielberg, become a Kathleen Kennedy, run a studio of my own, uh, I felt restless. Hmm. I didn't know why I felt so res restless. And I, I just kept pushing through and following and ignoring my own heart and kept pushing through what I thought would please everybody else and would uh, make my dad proud and uh, make me the most money. So that was my, my central goal in life. And uh, when I had hit a summit, when I was right about to reach the summit, like reach into the, the primary per place of, of uh, working that I wanted, I stopped and thought about my dad's so. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked myself, why are you feeling so restless why are you so restless? And so 
I stopped and I hadn't prayed for a while because when you get into Hollywood, it tends to sort of be something that you don't really do a lot. Now, people knew I was a Christian. They called me. Um, I was a, I was a person that they said, oh, yeah, surely she's on the God squad. <laughs> and one of the things <laughs> that I noticed, though, is when, and, and I'll just digress a bit, that when I shared my faith in Christian big board meetings or, or with my friends personally, I was um, not ashamed of it. And I remember one gentleman that I worked with at a studio, he said to me, you know, I know I joke about you being on the God Squad and I make fun of you sometimes. <laughs> but I have to say to you, I so admire that you believe in something that strongly and that you're willing to stand up for what you believe, no matter what the opposition. And he said, I wish I had that. And then, of course, I didn't know how to evangelize. So I just go, well, you can just, you know, go find God. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And um, so back to where we were before, I, 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 I found I had no rest, no peace. So once again, I sat down alone with God and I said, God, make this clear to me, help me. And um, soon after that, I had my run-in with my, ca- uh, my what I call my casting couch um, with someone that, you know, was recently in the news. Uh, I was one of his attempted victims. I didn't, because I'm too strong. I grew up with boys, so I fight like heck. Um, but I had, it, it, I was very strong and very capable of handling myself in the situation and getting myself out of it. But then when I got into my car, I just broke down like I was crying from uh, all the way down to my sister's in Orange County. And I was just, you know, that deep inner sobbing. And it it had really shaken me, shaken my foundation. So I, um, I, I stopped for a second and I, I, I took some time off and I did some self-reflection and I said, I prayed a lot, and I took a gigantic leap of faith because I knew that I would never return to Hollywood in the way that I was doing it. I had lost my love for it and my dream, and uh, even the money didn't really fuel me anymore. See, there's, there's always something in our hearts. There's always something that fuels our lives determination and our ambition and if that fuel is not uh something that is what i believe is from god is not your destiny is not um instinctively brought up in you it it will not bring you peace lasting peace it may bring you some success but not lasting peace which peace is something i can't live without so i decide packed it up one day in hollywood um, I packed up my bags, I packed up everything I owned, and I drove away forever, I thought. And <laughs> I drove away, and I went down, and I said, I'm just going to do what I've always dreamed of, which is to have my own production company, my own creativity, my own ideas, and make my way that way. So I relocated. And I completely started again. I left a very high-paying job and lots of opportunity, and I had nothing. 
except a big savings account, which I spent on learning media. Because although I had I had worked in media all my career, I had never touched a camera, never touched a light. So I went out and started buying equipment and stuff from my own production company, which was quite pricey. So, uh, and then I prayed once again, what do I do from here? Because now I need some clients to pay my bills. <laughs> and that's when I met Patricia King. And my life was turned upside down. <laughs> it sure was turned upside down. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know her well. I, I, I could not have had a, a better person to teach me um, how to peel off the world, the world's ways. And I always look at it as like an onion where God slowly, because it's painful, and you fight a little bit as he's pulling them off, but he slowly unraveled the onion to get to the core of who I was. And in the time with Patricia, I learned um, that money was not the key, obviously, because I was, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you where I ended up down there. Um, money was not the key. And she taught me what it was. And how she did that was when I showed up, I met her. I was in a conference and I went to the Christian conference with my friends to hear another speaker there. And when she came out on the stage, I heard in my spirit, um, the Lord say, go give that woman your business card. And I know the, the word of God and I know it's different because it doesn't leave you. So I didn't do anything about it. Um, and then I came in a little louder, <laughs> go give that woman your business card. And so I asked my friend, I said, how do I get my business card to Patricia King? Cause this was a gigantic conference and I was in the back and they said, Oh, just, just give it to the ushers. They'll, they'll get it to her. So I go, Oh, that's easy. And, um, so I got up to go give it to the usher and my friend grabbed my arm and said, no, you, you, you have to take this down to her in person. And my friend was very prophetic and was beginning to teach me about the prophetic movement. And so I believed her and I was a little bit intimidated. <laughs> I don't know why by these giants of faith. Um, I, I was intimidated. I wasn't intimidated by a Tom Cruise or something like that. I was just, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the anointing. <laughs> and so I went down and it was like water parting. There were thousands of people around her and it just parted. And there she was. <laughs> and I, I feebly handed my car and said, my name is Shirley, and uh, I run a production company. If you ever have any need for media, just give me a call. And I just wanted to turn around and run. <laughs> and she grabbed my arm and she said, this is a divine appointment. We have to go to lunch today. Can you make lunch? And now I'm thinking, okay, now in my mind, I, I'm looking at a prophet of God, which, you know, I figured prophets of God knew everything about you, everything. And I had done a lot of bad things, you know, growing up and in Hollywood, I'd experienced a lot, a lot of experiences in Hollywood. And so I was afraid that she would sit across the lunch table for me and read my mail. <laughs> So I took all my friends because I figured their vibrations might distract her from knowing. Um, 
<laughs> That's cute. So, so I went to lunch, and she told me how um, she didn't like all the the psychic stuff on the air. Um, and it was a false prophetic, and she wanted to know how to put the prophetic on. She was at TBN. And they, they said, well, we can't do it, you know, but um, maybe, you know, we'll pray for somebody that knows how to come into your life. Well, the next place she stopped was the place I was at. And then when I went to give her the business card, that's why she said it was a divine appointment. And um, from that day forward, I began to come up with and teach her media, teach her how to do media, how not to do media. Um, I coached her, I directed her. We came up with her show ideas. We went out on the streets and we captured um, we captured media and the power of God moving live. We captured miracles on film. It was the best time of my life at that point because I was doing my dream, media and God. I just wasn't making a lot of money and um, the whole process of being at this ministry was to learn that it's not all about money. And I, I mean, honestly, when I showed up, when she asked me to come out to film her, I thought I was going to show up at this wonderfully deluxe complex or something <laughs> that her ministry was at, you know, like at Joyce Myers or something. Sure, they show up something big. They, yeah. they give me a keys to a rundown beat up old trailer in a trailer park and not only that i had to share it with somebody (laughs) i've been in that trailer i know what you're talking about (laughs) oh my goodness so i remember going in the first night and just crying and going what have you done what have you done and you know it took me a long time to get out of a mercedes and and it wasn't that i had to give it all up because i still always drove my highline cars but what was peeled off of me was the need and um, uh, for those things, for show, and uh, striving. I think the biggest thing was is I was always striving to get somewhere instead of sitting back in rest, following my heart, and, and learning to trust in God and moving. Um, striving to me is when you manufacture open doors, when you shove open open doors when you step on people when you when you use people you know and um to learn to stop that wasn't necessary it wasn't even good um and put that aside uh it took a long time for her to mentor me out of the world and when 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 i realized that my 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 fuel was no longer um money that is not what fuels my ambition. What fuels my ambition now is um, my passion for people and my love of God mixed together and my love of media and the, the fact that I, I wanted to always combine those, which I did. I prayed, and this is where um, blessings come, not necessarily as a greenback. You know, when, when you say, well, well, God bless me, and then you don't have greenbacks falling out of the sky, you have an idea that suddenly drops into your head, which is what God did to me. And he gave me the most incredible idea to help not only people around the entire world, but all, all these ministries to connect to each other and to discover each other. 
and to explore their faith and go deep in their faith and um, find resources and things like that. So uh, I built the network, xpmedia.com, and I've been running it for, uh, I think, about 13, 12 years, wow. almost 13 years now. 12 years now. Hmm. And gone through all the ropes. I saw other networks open and close. And, you know, I knew why. I learned the ro- I mean, I, I was super underfunded. And still, I, I always learned that there'd be enough. And I remember the day the Lord said, when we were panicking about money, he said, you will never have to worry about money. And he, he gave me all the scriptures about how worry just, it actually shuts down your discernment for your, for, for your forward motion. When you spend your mind time on worry, instead of on um, progressing steps that you want to do on your passion. So I learned to ask God, give it to him, and then pretend as if it's already been given to me, which is what the Bible basically says, asking you will be given. So I learned to give also. I learned to tithe. I learned um, to let go. And I look at money now like it's a tool in a my little red toolbox in the garage. <laughs> and it's it's about people it's about um loving it's about your 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 core emotions and faith and it's about your passion and what god has basically equipped you to do in the world and to do it well so i am so happy to do this and talk to this this tell you tell my story because i really want people to say wait a minute let me just stop and say have a conversation with yourself really yes go inside your heart and ask yourself is this who i am is this what i i want to do is or am i doing this for other reasons or other purposes and now this is my last thing that i'll say is that um you must absolutely Combine your thoughts must come into absolute agreement with your faith. And then and only then is it impossible for it not to happen. And and I just wrap your 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 mind around that because it's not about money, it's not about anything. I said it's about what you believe you are, who you believe you are, and if your heart and your mind agree. It's a done deal. And I have found that again and again and again. So every time your mind may have a super idea about your future or about your money or about where you want to live, but your heart doesn't agree, then you need to work on the heart and um, get yourself to the position where you say, I just agree. And honestly, I'm telling you, when you can, can do that, there isn't anything you can't have in this world. You become unstoppable, really. Yes, you do. That's wonderful. When your heart and mind agree, this is when things happen and they yes. move forward and take place. Yes. I love that. And it is it is it's hard to see um exactly if well you want to, you want to, is this a hope? Or is this actually an assurance? Do I know this without a doubt? And if you do, then 
there won't be any question. You won't have to go back and re-examine it. It'll just start to happen. And um, because your mind will always be looking forward to how the next steps are and you know in your heart that it's going to happen. And it's, you know, I can say that it's it's not easy. Um, but when you shave away and you actually find your core and your 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 actual destiny for your life, and I would always advise people that if you're having difficulty doing that just sit down with yourself and just say if i could write out a plan of my perfect life and one perfect day what would it look like and when you do that over and over and again you'll start to see a central theme appear just circle those central themes that sort of match in each day that you do it and it'll coincide with your 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 core passion. So it is possible for every single one of you to to find your heartbeat in this world and follow it. And there's no there's no better way to live. There's you live in complete joy, complete peace. No matter what happens around you, you are in complete peace all the time. And peace. Is something I can never, ever, ever live without. Peace. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Great story. You do need to stick to it, because I've seen you. I've seen you be successful, and I, I know a lot of your story. Mostly after it happened, after you got here to Arizona. But it's great that you realized with your dad saying that one thing so... Our parents can have a lot of of influence on us with our our money thermostat. So even after you're an adult, oh, here yeah. you thought to please your dad was to make a lot of money, right? But then you were mature enough to get it, which is that one word. So is yeah, money. It's not part of it. It's money's like a tool, like you said, and it's kind of like the testimony in a way of of what a person's doing. It's just it's. It's a result. It's a result of how much we're bringing to the marketplace, the benefits that we're bringing to the marketplace. But I think that's wonderful what you did with how you said, uh, writing down what your perfect life would look like, the perfect day in that, and it's going to coincide with your core passion. Yes. And passion, when passion is comes into agreement like that, it opens doors automatically before you even know it. You don't even have to try. That's where the striving disappears. And you do a lot of prayer with the Lord and just ask him to guide you into that agreement. And it is, it's just the only way that, and I've, trust me, I've tried everything. And that's, um, the passion, passion just blows, blows doors open for you. It does. It does open doors for you. And the part of peace. Who wants to live a life without peace? So exactly. what if you're you're wealthy and you're rich? You don't have peace in your heart. That's it bring it can cause you to feel a kind of a hopelessness in your life if you don't know why you're living what your life is about. And yeah, exactly. And I, I do believe it, it is as part of sickness, because if you don't have peace, you usually have worry. And you were usually have fear. 
And you know, I want to remind everybody that God says in his word 365 verses. Funny how it's 365. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> 365 times God says, mm. do not fear. Mm. And uh, this, it's just rampant in our society today. It is. The virus, the election results, uh, who knows what else is causing a lot of fear. And, and people are even, in some ways, what I'm noticing trying to research something that's going to give them peace, but it might not even be true because, as we know, our tech giants, sadly, are manipulating a lot of information on the Internet and the algorithms that go on. It's hard to even get to some of the truth of what's going on with the virus. And there is a lot of a lot of fear and what people's solutions are are not the answer. Well, yeah, yeah, I just remember I got an email from a woman that said, I just want you to know you're being shadowed. And I didn't know what that was, so I, I looked it up. And being shadowed is when the social media gets an alert from you from what you're saying. So it begins to shadow you. It creates a shadow profile. And uh, it sends that shadow profile out to other social medias and, and all sorts of sites to to always alert them to the fact that you're there and what you're doing. And they keep a watch of who you know and, and you know, what your plans are and what your passions are. And, and you know, I have, I could go a lot deeper than that, but, but somebody told me that and they said, I told somebody else that, you know, what I found out and they said, oh my gosh, aren't you afraid? And I left them so puzzled. I said, of what? <laughs> I, I mean, I also was baffled, like, afraid of what? So what? I don't do anything illegal. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of anything they can manufacture because I got something a whole lot bigger than they do. And he's on my side. <laughs> and, and he loves me and he warns me and he protects me. So when you understand that you come under your faith and you're, you're under a higher power of protection, and you're not just your little old self and, and all your your mighty strength. There's nothing to fear. And in fact, you know, if you're on a plane and it's bumping around and it's really kind of a scary ride, a lot of people start to get scared. I just close my eyes and go, is this the time you're bringing me home more? You know, it's like you're, you just have a peace that just... Even if somebody just begins to attack you, which I actually, when we went out on the street, we, we had street people that um, stormed across the street at us. And I always had this big camera and I had, I, I didn't move because I had no fear. It was the weirdest thing. And when I didn't move, he stopped and he looked at me and he ran off. So something, he must've seen something, but nothing nothing can harm you not right. a hair on your head is what he says right that's what the bible says god says in the bible that is exactly right in fear what does fear attract fear just attracts everything that's deadly in a way it doesn't have life fear is not our guide or our protector some people i think in my life there's been times i've had to ask myself okay back years ago was fear my guide and my protector oh well this won't mm. be scary so i'm gonna do this 
And our minds can trick us like that, where our minds are there to kind of protect us and keep us from risk and and make sure we don't do anything that's going to be harmful and has the opposite effect. So there's a good kind of fear, right? Uh, you got to run away sometimes from something. Don't walk down a dark alley. <laughs> that's called caution. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> caution, but not letting fear lead our lives, but let faith lead our lives. That's a whole different kind of life. Fear causes us to pull back and to hide and it doesn't do any good for our soul. Fear and worry just eats away. Anxiety eats away at us. And right. that's and not it, the kind of life to live. It, it, exactly right, Nora. And it distracts. Fear is a distraction. That's all it is. Um, fear comes to distract you, um, to get your mind on possibilities that might be. And 99.9999% of the time, those possibilities that you are, are allowing your mind to be set on and take up your time and your precious life sources to dwell on will never happen. Right. It's just a distraction. So when you fear, just, you know, it's like the Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, Christ says, don't fear 365 times so when fear comes into your mind and it does it comes into my mind i'm not going to say it doesn't right it comes into all of our minds when you when you do that you have to have a, a key word or a key something that you say that makes you stop right and and say well maybe maybe this isn't you know, or, you know, I don't know, you just come up with a key word. Right. You and not don't fear. You don't say anything negative. You can't use a negative like don't fear. Right. Um, you use a positive like I am untouchable or I am one of the untouchables. Yes. Um, I, I am fearless. I'm courageous. I'm brave. I actually, when I get into that, I, I think, or if I'm where I can say out loud, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Because Right. There it, you go. It stops that fear. And it redirects my mind, and it just even makes me feel happy. But <laughs> so that's that's one thing I do. And happy yeah. thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts like that. So <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, just that's, to that's interrupt why you're so that. happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we've heard the acronym about fear: F E A R, false evidence appearing real. Awesome, uh, so good. And I studies love- even show there's like. 92, 96% of what we fear doesn't even materialize. It doesn't, it doesn't even happen. And I'm writing in my book how worry is actually faith in fear. Yes, it is. It yes. is. Uh, you cannot have a lack of faith in something. You cannot say, I'm, a, I'm an atheist, I'm, I'm a, a faithless person. You fear, all of those emotions require faith. And and adherence to them, and loyalty and allegiance. So you are either an, an allegiance to it, and follow and obey it, or you don't. Yeah. And you follow something better, more, more, more healthy, more productive, and more joyful and happy. And just also, another thing I encourage people to say is, if somebody is starting, if you start to feel depressed, I, uh, I, and we have. There's a lot of that today, right? You know, and. I, I just stop and I say, nothing is going to steal my joy. Mm-hmm. Because joy is what life 
is all about, nothing will steal my joy. And examine things. Really examine what is it that this is, what really? Is this really what I'm afraid of? And, you know, sometimes there are big worries that there's somebody in the hospital or something, but um, the best thing to do, and this is something that in our world today with all of the media, um, ironically, is um, we don't take the time to be quiet and listen to ourselves or have a conversation with, with me, with God, but just to listen to ourselves ask ourselves questions how are you feeling well i kind of feel blah, 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 blah. you know i it's what i do i'm gonna be i'm just gonna <laughs> i just go i need i need some space let's see i'm gonna go for a walk because i'm a, i'm very creative but i'm a very much of an introvert and i can't think unless i have time to think so um i go on a walk with myself and, and i interview myself that's great <laughs> and i interviewed well well what led you to that and, and what is it exactly you're afraid of and why is it and what is it you think will happen and <laughs> i just pull it all the way up and um you get to know your real heart there's another thing i would recommend all of you to do and i know we're running out of time maybe i don't know only that you get the producer not me <laughs> um Go into your bathroom, shut the door all by yourself, look into the mirror. Now, this 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 may be very, very difficult for you to do because it was difficult for me to do. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. Look into the mirror. Look into your eyes. Look directly into your eyes and tell yourself what you see. Mm. What do you see? And you'll be astounding. It's astounding what you see when you're just by yourself and you're honest and you're not trying to say, well, I see this because I want to see this. What do you see? And when you realize what you see is the only way you're going to know what you need to change if it doesn't line up with what you want to see, if it's not what you want to be. And I was astounded. I was absolutely astounded and it, it did, it moved my life greatly. And I would recommend that as well. That's definitely a great fun exercise to do. <laughs> Scary. <but it's> <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. So our friend listening, do that after yes. we're off this podcast, go in the mirror and look at yourself and talk to yourself. What do you see? And get to know yourself. Sometimes we, we definitely have to tune out all this other riffraff. Right now, in this day and age, there's so much coming at us. We have with technology and ways people can communicate to us. And Shirley's absolutely right. You have to have those times of quiet to get to the core of who you are and know that you're on the road you need to be and not what everybody else thinks you need to be and this is absolutely wonderful exactly. surely i don't want to quit but i'm well, going you know, to what i want to just say the last thing i want to say is please don't be discouraged it's what you see a lot of people will be discouraged some people will be a little bit afraid by what they see don't because i'm going to say this to you because i believe it and and it came to me through a prophecy i'm going to say it to you because it's true that you are a jewel in the eyes of your creator 
You are a jewel. You're a precious, precious jewel, more precious than all all the resources in the entire world. You individually were created very uniquely and very purposely, and you are not anything but a bright, shining star. And if you see anything other than that, then that's what you need to root up and root out, because that is who you really are. That is so true. That is the bottom line. That is. You are a jewel and you are a a treasure. And I love that you shared that because our listener needs to hear that. Because sometimes what we do see is the negative at first. So thank you for sharing that. Anything else you want to share as we're wrapping up? I will, I will leave it at that because I'm out of time. Okay. I'm over time. I'm a producer. Okay. <laughs> well, you produced a lot of wonderful things today. I'm, I'm taking notes. And for later when I put your podcast on social media and I, I put little blurbs on there, like little one-minute uh, recordings that people can listen to and isn't Surely amazing. She absolutely is. And now you can see why I admire her so much. (laughs) I love you, Nora. (laughs) I love you all too. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. And remember, if Shirley can start over and be successful, so can you. Bye for now. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.